yeah, I know. That's so like, what was I watching the other day? I was watching a video I think from a while, a little while ago too, but it was essentially teenagers now playing like video games that we grew up on. Yeah. I think they played like the original Tomb Raider. And of course that's become a meme, like the, the square and all that. <laughs> yeah, they were playing, yeah. like, I love all the cosplays with it, with cardboard and stuff. Yeah. Oh, the original Prince of Persia, the original one. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They were playing. It's just that so, one kind of died off after the Gyllenhaal movie. Yeah, it was just so weird to me. You're talking about like resolution. Like I, I don't know. I remember that just being so mind blowing. Like mind when those, blasting when when they first came out with like a 3D graphics world. I was like, whoa. Yeah. I was like, they can't get any. You can't get any better than this. I remember when Mario 64 launched. It like tore my my world apart. Yeah. Oh, it was. Oh, <laughs> it was so I was like, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I've still yet to. New. I've still yet to finish that game. It's good stuff. I have uh, the emulator for it. Oh, you do. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. You do. I forgot you have that. All right. The 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 thing that sucks is they get longer and longer in time investments as yeah. they go on. Maybe, like maybe maybe if I can ever retire, maybe that's maybe that's yeah. when I'll finally play them all. So I came in blast. Yes, I came in blast. <laughs> <laughs> did you by chance rewatch Trick or Treat for this? I, I did. Yes. I, I watched it twice actually and it, man this one holds up. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, it's still I I'm is it still like cult status? Like I thought it was Oh, I it's it more... I think it's only getting bigger with time cuz more people are catching on to it and Okay. No, as as it should. I really like this movie. Yeah. It was just last year they released it for the first time ever in theaters. Wait, it was never in theaters? It was never in theaters. It came out you sh- It was no, originally are you pitched me? No, I'm being serious. Original during its original run, it never got a theatrical release, I mean, that, and that wow. was because it was it was shopped around, and they kept trying to find a distributor. They had a tough time trying to get that going, and they eventually just defaulted, decided to re- release so it that, on home video. That first. explains it because I remember like the first time I saw it was in college, mm-hmm. and my roommates was just like, "Oh yeah, let's watch Trick Trick or Treat," and I was like, "What?" And I I didn't I didn't rec- like I didn't hadn't heard of it at the time. And when I saw like all the big names in it, I was like, wow, when did this like come out? Like, when did this, I don't remember seeing this advertised in the theaters. Now that explains. Yeah. And it was like, it was because of all that weird delay in their release schedule. It was shot fairly earlier on than it was released. Usually there's some delay for Mm post-production, but I think there was at least a year between when they wrapped the movie and when it actually came out. Yeah. No, and then because of the home video market, it kind of had a slow rollout. Yeah. Well, that's similar to like what happened with the original Terminator. I like, although I think the original Terminator did hit the theaters, but it just didn't do well. It tanked. Yeah. But it did have like a weird distribution thing, but, right? Yeah. And like it was through VHSs at the time that sort of where it got its popularity. Wasn't that how it, isn't that the story how it goes? Tell, tell I me. know for sure that Austin Powers did that. Oh, that's how Austin Powers did? Okay. Yeah, Austin Powers bombed in the theaters. Like, it did horribly. Yeah. And then they took it out very quickly. And then during its home video run, it just blew up. Everybody rented it and yeah. saw it. And that's where it, well, I didn't know that one. That's it. Just shout them out when you... <laughs> Yeah, I can't think of any others like that off the top of my head. Oh, no, that, yeah, this this sits in a very interesting pantheon like that, where it just had such a strange release schedule. And that 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 sucks. And that kind of kind of initiated its cult status. Yeah, because I mean, it's yeah. one that not everybody had heard of initially. Well, this is definitely for me. This is like this is as like Halloween a movie as you can get in like Halloween in I, the. I agree. This is like the the this is what. What Christmas vacation or or what? No, maybe I'll say what. It's like essence of Halloween. It is. It 
it oozes Halloween. Yeah, what Elf and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, what, what's the other, or like It's a Wonderful Life, is to Christmas. That's a great comparison. It is it is like the Elf of Halloween. This is what, this is to Halloween what those are to Christmas, I think. Yeah, I, I, I strongly agree to that. Like, especially on the front of Elf, like it, it, it is the Elf of Halloween, I think. Yeah. But yet, like, I think it's that non-linear storyline that it has. And for, I, I was left, the first time I saw this, I was left scratching my head over how all these stories link together. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't after like the several several times watching through it that I was like, oh, I get how this all connects and links together. This was making it late. But it's one that like the more the more you watch it, the more you get out of it, I think. And I like no, movies like that. No, definitely. Uh, and it's not like, I, I have to say, like having rewatched it again, it's fresh in my mind a little bit more now. Yeah. I didn't realize how much I really like this script how like tight of a script it is the story this this is one that really hits the tone i think perfectly it never strays from what they were going for i feel when you watch it so if you're looking for like that because that's always things like when you can write something if you're trying to do a comedy you got to make sure it's always funny or if you're trying to do an adventure you got to always have that that frenetic action or pace going on and you got to watch like the tone or the 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 tone promise that you give to an audience because like it'd be strange if in something like like a romantic comedy if all of a sudden someone gets their head chopped off for no reason or if or if it starts to get too serious with it this is one that well does it that stays. romantic comedy sounds awesome for one thing <laughs> <laughs> the this one although like the death becomes her i think kind of does that too i love death because so i i stand corrected but i feel like that does have that that knows from the beginning that it has a little bit of a darker comedic undertone going on yeah the point i'm getting at here this long-winded point (laughs) is just that it's hard to make sure you stick to a tone in your story because it's so easy to like write a scene when the scene is it can be the scene can be very dramatic and then you go and you write another scene after that and it's like just full on Marx Brothers or full on just like especially with something like this that's anthology based where you have yeah. different things going on to keep that consistent between these very layered and differential storylines it's it's testament to yeah. this one I no, think no I definitely and that, that that is one of the things I I, I love about this movie it I, I think I'm gonna have to make it a repeat holiday classic yeah and I, th- I think one worthwhile of that for sure yeah so that that's from a from a story standpoint, that's one thing I love about this is it. I don't know if he was inspired a lot by like Tales from the Crypt. It reminds me a lot of that, yeah. Or like I the Twilight Zone stuff, like how it's like you have all these like scary stories that are connected either directly or indirectly through a theme, or they're all happening in the same location but to different characters. I kind of got a lot of that intended anthology universe of the original Halloween, like with three seasons yeah. of the Witch, yeah. that kind of stuff. I mm-hmm. got that's what I got a lot of flavor of. No, definitely, absolutely. It, it uh, <laughs> this is what is wrong with me sometimes. No, this is just definitely, I think, a good example of the movie never loses sight of the original concept of it, of itself. Yeah. It never tries to do what's like, oh well, we what if, if you were writing this today, someone would be like, oh, we got to have what's popular right now, what's fashionable, we got to throw that in. If I were to compare this to like the scary movie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of jokes in there. If you've ever watched some of the older ones, a lot of jokes fall. Don't land. Because <laughs> like, they, they were so topical at the time. It's like now, it's like if you don't know what that's referencing, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. This one, that's why I feel like this one has that, much like I said before with like some of the Christmas movies, how there's that, that timelessness to them. 
I really do think this is a time holiday Halloween. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's one that's only going to get better with age. Yeah, it, it it seems like it's becoming intrinsic with the holiday, which is kind of cool. But one thing I didn't realize here, so he originally this was originally a short animated film. Yeah, and I thought that that was really cool too. I don't think I've ever actually seen the short. No, I've, but, I've never seen the short. But I would be interested in checking it out. 1996 too, when he yeah did this and then decided. I'm going to adapt it into a feature length. Yes, yeah, so almost 10 years before the original inception of the idea to, to when he actually got it out there. And he wrote a wave of success after this, even though this had a rocky start to mm-hmm. its distribution. And this gained its cult status, and then he went on to direct Krampus, which I think is a little bit better known than oh, this yeah. is. Did, did, very, did pretty well in theaters. The, the comedy cast for that definitely clicked. Audiences love the cast. I know. And then some years, only a couple years after that, he landed the big Godzilla King of the Monsters, Mm -hmm. which was kind of cool to see him do. And now they're talking about doing a follow-up to Trick or Treat. I know it's been buzzing around for a long time, but it's starting to get more grounded reception now, I think, than it has in some of its rumor stages. So we'll see what happens with that. I I wonder... Take that one with a grain of salt. Yeah, and you could do, essentially, I guess the connecting character would be, and I know I'm kind of going out of order here, but I guess would be would be Sam, would be the connecting character. As long as you have Sam in there, I think you can pretty much do anything with this. Which, I don't know if you you know this, but if you look up, like, the cast, the IMDB for Trick or Treat. In fact, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna double check it right now. Just to, just to make sure I'm not lying. Do you have that anymore now where you, like, gaslight yourself? I don't know if it's... it's, it's, Oh, yes. If it's a technology thing now that's done this to me. But, like, I'm like, I'm I'm like so confident that this answer is correct. I have at least three or four Mandela effects a week. <laughs> so what I'm getting at here is that Sam's name is spelled in a way to echo Samhain, like the old yeah. precursor. Speaking of uh, speaking of Samhain, the the story thread of the kids, and uh, this yes. is going to lead into a bigger theme that I love about the movie the the girl the wit- who's dressed as a witch, Rhonda. Yeah. She, I love that she's just like, there's like little subtle nods to each of these storylines that the seeming victim is actually the predator, the perpetrator Mm -hmm. in each of them. And I love it. I love it. And like she she's talking all about like the lore and history of Halloween and where it comes from and she knows all about it. And that's like a subtle clue to the fact that she's not as innocent and unassuming as you would th- you would think that she yeah. is and she ends up being the one walking away leaving everybody massacred and I love it. <laughs> I I think it should go without saying too. Like all things on topic here, I think we should warn that there will be spoilers for the movie. If yes. you haven't seen it, I would recommend checking it out and uh, Yes, go and, go check uh, this out. Check Make out. it a Make it a Halloween tradition, or at least every other year, or or, or just every uh, once in, once in a Halloween. It doesn't have to be Halloween, but I think it it works. Yeah, it's a good one to look at from a, from a writing perspective because I think that it does the anthology type thing very well. That is a trick. It's a tricky nut to crack. I think that they do that quite well. So not just necessarily in the realm of Halloween. This does have mm-hmm. some value. Yes, and just I was I was correct. It it's spelled S A M H A I N. Or Sam, yeah, the the Zeitgeist character. The, yeah, and I love his. We I sh- I showed you some of our de- our spooky decor that we've put up. Yes, we got we got two Sams in here. Wait, with you us. got two? So, uh, you yeah, lied the, to me. Yeah, Told we have the, the door. No, we got the door wrap, and he's on the door wrap, and, and then, then we got the candy bowl guy. God, that well, you're not gonna have that candy bowl guy for very for much longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to hide that bad boy. You're not getting in <laughs> here without it. 
That one, that is sweet. I do like that one. Yeah, yeah, some good gets. So we we do it up. We have fun here. Yeah, just. And this movie has Anna Paquin, so yeah, instant instantaneous win there. Brian Cox mm-hmm. and what's the dude's name from Road to Perdition? Why am I blanking? Uh, I just had it up to Dylan Baker. There's that fox again. If you've ever wondered what the fox says, it's that sound. <laughs> I, you know what? I've actually never wondered. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, let- yeah I, I, I love the Little Red Riding Hood twisting that on its head. Like we were saying, each of these anthology storylines mm-hmm. kind of takes the assumed victim and flips them into the predator. Yeah. Which I think is, we've talked in the past in previous episodes about the the infamous term of under of subverting expectations yeah subverting your expect the the whole horrible term of subverting, subverting expectations yeah. which is so so commonly mis misused yeah but this is an example of it being done right yes well i think too and i i, I feel like the fact that this started in 1996 for him yeah and to get it made how we got it made i don't even know if i mean i, I can't speak for him Mm-hmm. But I don't even know if that was even the idea of like, I got to subvert everyone's expectation. I've always yeah. looked at it as, no, just I want to tell a good story. I don't care what it is or something that I would want to watch. Well, you could you could argue it too as the, the M. Night Shyamalan twist. It's like each yeah. of these has its own little M. Night Shyamalan yeah, twist. Yeah, it, it, has, it has those twists to it. And I think that, I think rather, what I, the point I'm getting at is like, I would warn very heavily. Is it, am I, is that, I would warn you, I would caution you never to write something just to subvert the expectation. Like I would just try and take yeah. that out of your mind completely because if you do, if you don't rather, it can heavily affect the story because then you're writing to a point, you're writing to a message or to an idea rather than trying to tell an authentic good story and then letting it, letting the newer ideas come naturally. Like yeah. I, I don't, I don't think like the, the twists were necessarily in mind from the beginning or that just he wanted to say okay i want to i want to write these stories i want to interconnect them and it's like okay what what can i do different with this where can i where can i play on it and then go from there yeah i was saying before that i got kind of confused as to like how the timeline unfolds i do finally have it straight after i think the fifth or sixth time i've seen this yeah and the, the the thing that was really confusing me was that you see the very end in the beginning and i always mm-hmm. had assumed that I'd, I'd lost the break in time between where it leads through the credits and where it connects at the very beginning. Yeah. So the beginning occurs after, like the, the chronological beginning occurs after the title sequence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're seeing the end and then they lead you in to the beginning after the credits, which yeah. is kind of, it's it's a clever little way to slip it and make you feel like you're coming in a full circle. Yeah. And and two, that is another, I, I think, purposely done i would imagine obviously there's a lot of times when you're writing a story most i would say most of the time you always want to just tell it right from the beginning from from the chronological beginning to the chronological end then you can look at it and be like okay is it is it dragging anywhere is there is there some areas that could could bore an audience or anything and then one way to kind of fix that is you create sometimes been called artificial tension and you can create that artificial tension by playing with the structure or what you show first as opposed to as opposed to last or like like you said starting in the 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 pivotal end of the story is like essentially the first thing we see before then kind of going back to the beginning and you have different things sprinkled in i literally feel like i'm doing the, the the other guy scene right now where they're in the 
<laughs> he's in the just tell us what happened man just you t- <laughs> start at the end <laughs> and then we go back to the beginning start from the beginning I d- well i think the more appropriate that is thing one of my favorite from scenes end. from that movie <laughs> <laughs> and then go back from the beginning but so good it's it does apply it does kind of apply to this no it does <laughs> but it makes it that's doing it to be funny but i mean this trick-or-treat does that well does it exceptionally well because there's so many times where like it, it, it wants you to pay attention and try to piece the stories together. Yeah. It, it, it evokes that, that fireside ghost story type. Yeah. You know, like this, every time I watch this, like I, I, like I said, I'm reminded of like tales of the crypt or afraid of the dark. Or, are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. Or just like that, that classic Halloween feel this, this definitely gives it. Yeah. And I, I think that Sam being this, the quote unquote spirit of Halloween, mm-hmm. it, it does have this kind of etheric draw. Yeah. Which I like, like we said in the beginning, like that this kind of feels like it, it just belongs around Halloween in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. I, yes. And it's it's kind of clever how they did it because it is kind of just like quickly um, now that it's like getting as widely known as it is now where it wasn't before. It is starting to earn its place as one of those cardinal few movies that a lot of people watch on Halloween, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, I would. I do, too. Yeah, like I said, I'm gonna have to make this a, a more. I'm gonna have to, it's get, I'm gonna have to make sure I don't wait because I think the last time I saw this, maybe ten years ago, would have been the last time I watched yeah. it. But I gotta make it. I gotta make it a more recurring thing, story, movie to watch. Yeah, and it's I I do like the the comic style that occurs through the title sequence. Yes, that's that's a common trope in a lot of Halloween stuff. I noticed that Horror Nights this year they had that through their tribute store, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. They even offered a comic. Yeah series based on the story trends that they started with their original houses this year. Um, but Trick or Treat also uh, started a comic series off of that, which I thought was kind of cool. So it's like there's there's a little more to dig into beyond the movie in that one. And if they do actually end up doing a sequel, it'll be kind of cool to have some connective tissue there. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking too, like to kind of sum up what I was saying before, What I, another yeah, thing, or sorry. rather another thing I really love about this movie is if it's going to break something or subvert the expectations, it it knows it's doing it, and it knows, more importantly, why it's doing it. Yeah, it's it, not just doing it for the sake yes, of it. Yes, I feel like a lot of times people get stuck in that rut or that trap of, well, we need to subvert expectations. We need to do something different. So we're just going to do something different to be different. You never ask yourself, well, why are you doing that if not just to... If you're just doing that, you're not accomplishing any grander attempts at storytelling. Yeah, they're... they're, they're there has to be some sort of purpose to why you're wearing it. Yeah, even, if, even if you just go with, well, it it looks cool. I'll even give you that. But sometimes yeah. even that can be a little too thin, but weak. I'll even give you that. But yes, you got you to make sure it's like, okay, why why do we want to do this? Why do we want to break this rule? Or why do we want to? Because you, you, you could, in fact, I would, this would be interesting to do like a super cut, everything trick or treat, but done chronologically rather than yeah. the back and forth. That would be interesting to see. I'm sure I think maybe that, someone's I think done that, it. that, yeah, it's it's interesting because like it's that scene with Wilkins and the old man Wait, which, in the backyard. Oh, uh, like when he's the, in the, the beginning? The when, oh, yeah, we, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, it's technically in the beginning and at the end. Well, yeah, so, Because you see it from both of their perspectives and yeah. different points. So it's it's... It's interestingly mind-bending in that way. <laughs> but yeah, so it's it, they do kind of connect all over the place. And it's funny because Wilkins does show up in the werewolf storyline. Mm-hmm. So I did not. We know for a fact that that takes place well after the very last scene with Brian Cox's yeah. character. So it's kind of, it, it is a little tricky to kind of nail down where things kind of weave in. Well, together. that I'm assuming that 
is that the very last? So chronologically, that would that be the end of it? Like the scene with with the werewolf. And chronologically, it, the first scene with the couple would be the very very end, which also occurs at the very. Oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. Oh that's right. Okay. That's the last thing you see because we see the wolves in the car. Yeah, you're right. I forgot. Yeah, you see them driving by post post murder. Yeah. <laughs> so and that's yeah, why they're I, all I, like it kind of opens where it closes in yeah. a very interesting way. And too much like it again. It has that you know. It's like poetry. They rhyme. <laughs> it, it has that. All right, George Lucas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there. It has that that cycle that that circle. It's using the circle to here's the beginning, here's the end, but they're the same thing. Much like the holiday, it comes around again every year. And here we are, like sort of trying to. Even though it precedes it. I do feel that this one kind of follows that Dan Harmon story circle. Yes. Like it's before that was that, that whole term was coined, but it, like in principle, I feel like yeah. it follows that no, same definitely. structure. And that's the one thing too. I think we mentioned this in the structure video, like the structures always seem to come after the fact or after someone's like studied something. But yeah, what, what's always interesting is that they're there, whether you recognize them or not, those inexplicable patterns are, are there. Yeah. Through storytelling, I think you can kind of do it, unconsciously sometimes <laughs> oh yeah absolutely and whether that's just human nature i don't know could be i definitely think that sometimes it is like very well thought out and definitely intentional but who's to say yeah because it is very subjective here's as a, to whether that's the case or not here's a question yeah and maybe the answer to this why did why did they is it is it because there is another thing called trick or treat because this is trick or treat like the, there's no o there's just the I think it's an allusion to the art style with Sam writing on the walls. Okay. In the house. So it wasn't a because it's kind of in the same kind of hokey goofy linguistics that he he writes. He writes um, okay, I wasn't sure if it was like some stupid uh like um uh 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 yeah, what do you call it? <laughs> like copyright issue. Like someone's like, "Hey, I own this. You yeah. you can't use it." I don't know. So you It may gotta, be something like that. Yeah, but. I've always been curious. Because I do I took like it more that. as kind of like an artistic choice, but you might be right. Yeah, it could be, could be either. All right, where are we at? Would we? Yeah, like any great horror, I do think that this one has some interesting morality plays. And I, I, oh yeah, I, I think some of the best horror kind of makes you question right and wrong mm-hmm. in very like gray, interesting ways. Here's a okay. Here's here, I got I got a take for you. Are you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. This is science. The story told. of a girl. No. Well, it is. This is Seinfeld <laughs> without the Seinfeld aspect. This is if you take Seinfeld and do it straight, I think. I feel like this is using the same mechanic that Seinfeld does. and that's There is at least 15 memes here. Do you think? <laughs> at least. <laughs> Only 15? I'm thinking more like 50, man. I'm thinking like 50, man. <laughs> no, I was thinking specifically like the dirty talking, but it's like the werewolf scene. Yes. <laughs> and then she takes her skin off. <laughs> takes her skin off. <laughs> I yeah, I really do hope that they have a trick or treat too in development. I'd I'd be interested to see what Doherty does with it. No, so would I. Yeah, this is another good example and relies heavily on plant and payoff. So this oh, one, yes. I mean, without that, it doesn't. It it would all kind of fall apart. But this is one that focuses big time. Like everything in here is gonna come back through. Have a reason to be there. Yeah, it's one that I really don't think that there's any unnecessary bits in there. And even more so, that's tricky when you do that, because especially in an anthology like this, people can get wise to that story to story. Then they'll start being able to predict and see where it's going. Mm -hmm. 
this one doesn't go that go that way. I don't. I, at least I not for me personally. No, I would agree with that. Yeah, there are like going back and rewatching it though. There are some like little clever things. Like I noticed in the werewolf storyline in the earlier parts of it, it's like the sister references the mother t- calling her the runt of the litter. Mm-hmm. It's just some little clever nods to kind of clue you into what's going on, but yeah. they don't hit it on the head. So it's like you could very easily just glass over it and pay it no mind. No, yeah, you definitely you definitely pick up on things on repeat view. No yeah. no doubt with this. Well, like even even like okay, the and this isn't like a huge thing, but the the kids who are taking the one girl, the bully, essentially they're bullying. They want to dare her to go down into like I guess it's into the that, rock quarry. Yeah, the thank you, the rock quarry where the so-called monster children are that yeah. And if, I know a lot of people that haven't caught on to the fact that Brian Cox is supposed to be the bus driver. Really? No, like no one. See, like I, I always because that was what I was going to. Yeah, for me, that one was pretty firmly hit on the head. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, if you after having watched it, I mean, other than like when you get the like the final part where they where they show up at his door to finally get their exact their vengeance on. Him, but I mean, you can tell. The way that, and I don't know if the two actors talked about this, I'm assuming, but the way that he walks in the flashback as the younger man, the younger Brian Cox's character, Mr. What, what's the character's name? Mr. 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 Krieg. Krieg. The way he, the way he walks, it's like identical yeah. to how they're doing. I, I would, I would feel like they, they discussed it. I mean, they would have to, I would imagine. Otherwise that is one scary uh, or, coincidence. Or that or it was something that Doherty had in mind. Maybe, yeah. it across those lines. So no, yeah, things like that. It, just little, little, little things. Yeah, some nice little details in this one that carry it through. And it, I, you had mentioned before, like, uh, Christmas Vacation, and that's another mm-hmm. movie that it's like, the more you watch it, the more, like, layers of the onion you peel and yeah. little details you find. And it's like, it just, it seems like the more times you watch it, it's just, it's never, you never quite get all the way through to the center of that, yeah. of it and find all those, all that detail, because there's just, there's always more. No, definitely. And I, I, I like that about it. It's like, it's one I feel like is, I get something out of going back and rewatching it. it. It's a candy bar unwrapping. No, I can if do it. A candy bar, I wouldn't stop. I wouldn't stop. Yeah, you're right. I, I can I can do better. But you know what they say? Always check your candy. <laughs> did a thing. I did a thing. If you've never seen the movie, go watch it, and then you'll know what the thing was. Yeah, it's it's a but very common always theme check your through. Candy. That, that's a good. Oh piece yeah, of definitely advice. always check your candy. Yeah, I think that there's some of this, like the stuff with Wilkins and his son, like the fact that they end after Wilkins is already dead, but his son doesn't know this. He's dressed up as his father, kind of like insinuating that he's going to become mm-hmm. like his father. So like the cycle will continue kind of stuff. I liked little details like that. No, and and like I said, I love the little, well, no, you have it here. Like the, the themes of it, and, and you've mentioned it, the, the morality play of every story that's kind of going on. Yeah. It kind of hits, like each story has a little something different of hor- of like Halloween tradition mm-hmm. too, which I, I kind of like. And that's kind of the whole point. But I do think like you get the the traditional scare with the kid. Yeah. You know, everybody ganging up on one person to try and spook. You get the trick-or-treating with Mr. Krieg's house, the jack-o'-lanterns. There's, it's just kind of nicely layered with all these traditions. And it's, it's kind of like Sam is like the harbinger. Yeah, Halloween tradition, the, the, and if you don't follow that rule set, it's kind of like it's almost like <laughs> like it's trying to scare you into keeping into, up. Yeah, uh, to making sure that you celebrate. Yeah, and you celebrate properly Halloween. Yeah, it also reminds me of two. 
Did you ever watch there? Oh, the uh, right. Yeah, I'm there. The Halloween Tree. You do? Do you ever watch that? Is an animated movie, early '90s. The Halloween Tree. I can't say I'm terribly familiar. It it reminds me so much of the Halloween Tree, or in the way that that for me captured Halloween. Uh, yeah, back in the day, this this too does. Ray, I think I think Ray, I think the story like Ray Brad, Bradbury wrote it. I don't oh, know. Interesting. It, yeah, I don't know if it was ever like a literature piece or like a short piece of fiction that he wrote, and then they turned it into a VHS movie. Yeah, or if that was it from the from the get go, an animated film for kids. But essentially, the, the gist of that movie is four friends are off. They're gonna they go to this house. And there's a tree that grows pumpkin, jack-o'-lantern. And one of their friends is like sick. And the, the jack-o'-lanterns are like souls of people. And his is like dying. So they got, they're trying to save his friend. And there's the, the caretaker of the tree who's like some weird old dude. I forget his name. But then shows the kids, like takes them around the world and shows them the origins of Halloween. And stuff while they're weird old dudes are practically synonymous. Yes, with that's another thing. Yes, weird old dudes always got to have that. Not on, un- not unlike Mr. Krieg. <laughs> it's essential. You have to have it. One hundred percent. Must have. Must see. I did like to like we were talking about themes and morality with the masked murderer walking the streets of the town. Mm-hmm. How he just he kills that girl and leaves her there in broad daylight. Nobody nobody thinks twice yeah, about nobody, it because yeah, like, everybody's dressed like that. And that yeah. raised such an interesting question about Halloween for me. I was like, huh, <laughs> that does that does kind of put a kibosh on that, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> well, into it, it, what, what, did you go? Do you still trick or treat? Because I, 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 I still trick or treat. No, I don't. I don't. Don't. I don't trick. Don't or treat. really have anybody to trick or treat with. <laughs> but for how long? How long did you go trick or treat for? Is what I was going to ask. Like when did when Pro- did trick or treating officially end for you? I don't know. I I went probably close to high school. I went last. Even then, oh, you know, nice. we still went. Still went out. <laughs> I, yeah, I still have. I still had my Halloween traditions. Yeah. Maybe not trick or treating. Yeah, I was about I want to say late late middle school. Maybe, yeah, or, or like that's about where I was as well. Somewhere around there it was probably the last. I stuck to it as long as it wasn't creepy for me to do. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is where this is. I propose this. Here is my proposal, and this I'm getting off topic here, but we are dealing with trick or treating, so it's not too far off. I am proposing that after kids trick or treat ends at like so in my area it ends it goes from like six to eight, which I always thought it went longer. Than now, see, what you got to do is you got to be like the two bullies in Hocus Pocus. You just got to post up and then steal the candy bags. <laughs> just, <laughs> just post up, steal. I'll just steal my nephew's candy. He, he, when he comes I told home. you, my name ain't Ernie no more. It's, it's ice. ice. Uh, uh, but I am, what I am proposing is after the a regular trick-or-treat, we do an adult-only trick to where everyone gives out free alcohol what do you think oh yeah oh dude like a craft beer <laughs> yeah beer and tree beer trick or beer like yeah trick or beer <laughs> trick or beer interesting yeah. you have now you have my attention I, we need to make this happen we need to come up with trick or it probably already happens i'm sure somewhere What's, that would be a really successful experiment and a food truck yeah like festival thing yeah where you do the different booze what's the saying like any idea you come up with you have to assume that at least a hundred other people have thought the same as well oh definitely definitely 
So I'm sure something like this exists, but I think it should become more popular in some way. Doesn't necessarily have to be beer, but but I like the concept, tricker beer. Yeah. So yeah, that. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see more from Doherty. I feel like his career is budding at this point, even still. I mean, he's been around for a bit, but yeah, he's got he's got a couple heavy hitters on his career so far. But no, I would definitely you know, be anxious to see. So what with and maybe you mentioned this before with Trick or Treat Two, it looks like is it kind of stalled out at the moment? It's not. It's not like official in any so way. So nothing yet, is, okay. which is unfortunate, but there are a lot of rumors swirling around it because of his Godzilla success mm-hmm. in recent years. Um, people were saying that there, there could be something coming from him. Uh, and like, it, you know, there's a lot of cult following to trick or treat. So a follow up if done right could do very well. No. And you could definitely do it again. Uh, almost like a American horror story type deal where you, you get the same actors. Yeah. And just, just create new stories around them. And or two, like you said, I mean, it could just be Sam, and then you could craft a whole similar type thing around this with an entirely new situation. Yeah. And if you have him as the through line, I think you you have that connective tissue. There. Yeah. No. Uh, yep. Well, and it's always it's always tough to to do any type of non linear storytelling. Yeah, and, it can be very tricky. And it goes back to what I said: you have to be. You have to be doing it on purpose, and I know that sounds stupid. It's like we're very obvious. No, I, I get I get what you're going for. But, you, but yeah, it, you've got to make sure that okay, I know I'm doing this. Again, we go back to but why you also am I like doing going it? in that same territory. You have to have it very well thought out before you go. Yeah, attack. just you can't just throw out a bunch of simple stories on the wall and hope they stick. It's yeah. like you have to know how they're going to interconnect to one another. If this is what like, if you're making something that interweaves in this way, it's like you have to know where those lines are drawn mm-hmm. so that way you can. And you have to tie it up with a bow, so to speak. You have, yeah, you have to give a reason as to why you want to do it, so that audience get something different out of it, or it enhances storytelling experience by having not being told straight through. Because that's always a question you have to ask yourself, right? Like, okay, why, why can't I just tell this? Most of the time, the answer is you always can just tell it straight through. But if I do it this way. It'll help because it'll, it'll it it creates a different different meaning. It ties better ties together better thematically, and it and it then gives an audi- the audience uh, an overall better experience than if you did do it just all the way through. Thank. Definitely need more to fill. Mm-hmm. So what were what exactly were the distribution challenges? Like, were they just did they think that like no one would just like this movie or? They had trouble they had trouble just getting it lined up. Well no, they did and they you know they were produced I think it was Warner Brothers. Yeah, they were produced under the Warner label, but it was one of those things sometimes you can have a movie that's made by Sony but distributed by yeah, Disney if it's like a Spider-Man or mm-hmm. something. So it's like they had the movie produced by Warner Brothers but they didn't necessarily have a distributor. So it was it kind of just suffered under that they didn't they got the ball rolling but didn't they they just struggled. I, of what I could find online, all it said was that they all I could find information wise was that they just struggled to have struggled to find a distributor that would sell it forward. Yeah, to get theatrical release. So I think in in lieu of that, they just opted in for a DVD release mm-hmm. from Warner Brothers. In a weird way, I think I do think that all those issues did give this a very unique rollout that has only added to its cult status. Yeah. 
because it's not one that made a big splash that everybody remembers and it could have just faded into everything. It's like one of those ones that really thinks back. It's like, Ooh, what's that? I don't know if I've seen that. No, if you haven't so seen it, it's, it, you highly recommend it. Yeah. And it, it came out in the wake of the whole blockbuster collapse. So like it, it rode that, that Netflix DVD to mail kind of wave. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. A lot the, of people found out about the Netflix. Yeah. A lot of people does, found does out that about even it that happen way. anymore. The, I think they just finally fully canceled that. Okay. I think that there were still like some kiosks around there, but I think they've finally officially shut that down. I did see the other day, uh, I saw a really funny tweet from Blockbuster's uh, official X or Twitter page, however you say it Mm -hmm. these days, saying, because Netflix is rolling out retail stores all of a sudden, and Blockbuster posted something to the avail of who wants to tell them. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. So I, I thought that was fun. Oh, here's something that never fails. I think is always funny. Talk about like themes. Here's a theme with just like filmmaking. So the movie is set in the fictional town of what is it? Warren Valley, yes. Ohio. And yet they ended up shooting it in Vancouver, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Which looks nothing like Ohio. If you've ever been to Ohio before. Since we've talked, since we mentioned uh, Austin Powers, it's like that joke in Austin Powers. It's funny how <laughs> how London looks in no way like Southern California. <laughs> but yes, no, exactly. Yeah, that's the same. It's just funny how like I want it to look like Ohio, and that's not a knock on him for doing. I get it. You got you got to do with whatever looks good, whatever fits the the look, and this certainly does fit yeah. the look. It's just oh, it's yes. just so funny how that happens like all the time. It's like. Uh, I want to, like, I just wanted to say, oh, I want to create a movie about Pittsburgh. It's like, well, we're going to have to go to Las Vegas to shoot it or something like that. It's like, what? It's certainly, you know, Spirit has had their field day with this. So they got a ton of decoration and merch there. Like I said, we've decked our place out very much in the style of Trick or Treat. I think even the year before, a few years back, they they did a house for Trick or Treat at HHN. So it has reached a certain status. It was there the same year that they had done Poltergeist. First year they did Stranger Things. So it was amongst some good company there. Well, yeah, and this this is definitely it's almost it's it, it's strange how can, can you have like it, it, it's a weird combination of kid friendly gore. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like. There, there is a charm. I'll accept the werewolf. I'll accept the werewolf storyline. I would agree. Well, it's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. Obviously, it is a. I think it is rated R, right? It would have to be. But I, I think the the point, I, the word I should use is that there's that that charm, and I think you mentioned that too before. There is a charm to this that, yeah, you don't get from many horror movies. This is one of the few horror movies that I could watch on repeat and actually puts me in a better mood or like i'm not i'm not necessarily frightened but i'm like i'm like yeah i'm in the halloween spirit so that that's that's what that's what i mean by that yeah 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 yeah. okay it is rated r i did check on that you did yeah i was thinking like it's got to be rated r just with yeah i was i was thinking the same but i wasn't positive but it's a a a soft rated r that that makes sense. Yeah, it's really for only some key instances. It's not. I wouldn't say that it's across the board. No, uh, yeah. Especially like that that beginning sequence with the kid. I mean, it's mostly just. And, well, and you, you say know, it's, it's because, kind of because it was originally though. seen as uh, or attended as a short animated film, and then the, the comic. Yeah, the comic series that goes with it. So I, I think that you get that playfulness isn't the right word, but that's the only word I got at the moment to yeah. it. 
it it it's it is a horror movie somewhat using that childhood halloween lens a bit so it it does like you said play on those expectations even though he's sadistic as hell sam does come over as very cute <laughs> well when he keeps the mask on you think well, even when he takes the yeah. mask off yeah yeah i would even say still then. you would even okay there's an endearing quality to the pumpkin head i think you think yeah the question now is where does he go when halloween's over into the spirit world. <laughs> no, I don't know. You could. Uh, here's here's a proposal for you. He only exists on Halloween. Oh, okay. I like that. That's good. See, now you're getting into some world building. That's another thing I like about yeah. this. I feel like this has some world yeah. building in, into it. Like, yeah. as all good horror movies should. Yeah, it's not just like the the typical relating to the circles of hell that that Halloween s- stories typically do. It's like, oh, there's like another spiritual like. Halloween spiritual level surrounding us that's that's kind of interesting and intriguing. Yeah, and and by that I mean like when I watch it, it just the, by the question me asking even though I was asking for comedic purposes, but it still is true, the fact that I'm like so where does Sam go or where does the fact that I want to know more about him or you know and, and like the other legends surrounding the like the werewolf family clan whatever you want to call it like where the hell where the hell do they come from? So th- yeah. this is definitely one that has that that lore attached to it and and does it well without ever giving me an encyclopedia moment yeah i don't ever feel like i'm you know studying up it's like it does feel like it's unfolding as a piece of entertainment Mm -hmm. and two the fact that there's the rules in it it's establishing which aren't like ever clearly spelled out either it's just kind of like this these ambiguous set of like what you're expecting i mean when this came out in 2007 but had a lot to it has to you you, some sometimes you have to think too when you're writing a story creating a film whatever you think about the audience and you have to think about okay what's the learning curve in terms of like how how much are you going to have to as as the reader the viewer how much are you going to have to give to the story for it to be good for you to understand what's going on? What's the, essentially what, what is that learning curve? Like, you know, like Lord of the Rings has a bigger learning curve than other books. I would say not yeah, in that you time. have to be like, you know, like an Einstein to read it, just that it takes a little time. It has a lot of material yeah. that goes with it. And like, you kind of have to like understand like who the characters are, the world. This I think does a really good job of not only establishing its rules, but also making sure that the preconceived ones that we have in our world, like in the real world, aren't thrown into it as well with like, you know, I, I never even under knew like the jack-o'-lantern, like, oh, the light will protect you type rule that they throw yeah. in there. I was like, I never knew, but I buy it now. Like that, I'm like, I'm in. Speaking of which, bringing that up, I, I thought it was really clever that right before all the kids get coal get, claimed by the the other children yeah <laughs> they they douse by accident the last candle of jack and lantern oh. and they make note of that in the dialogue and i thought that that was really clever it's almost like it's alluding to the fact that the candles were actually protecting them yeah and they yeah so yes light light your jack-o'-lanterns i i really did and that is one thing that i liked and i don't know if they made that up completely or if it does come from somewhere or if that has always been a Halloween thing? Like, is that where the jack-o'-lantern originally comes from in that it is a way to sort of protect, like, the protecting light during Halloween? I just always assumed it was a fun little thing to do. 
I've heard a number of things over the years, like for, uh, everything from like they're uh, meant to be faces of the dead and things like that. Yeah. There's all kinds of different lore and legends to that that have probably evolved through different channels over the years. There's a lot to play with in there, and I, I think that it's it bringing out like the spirit of Halloween aspect of this in a little horror tale is yeah. an interesting avenue to go. And I I, th- I think that a, a sequel could only enhance that and make it more interesting. No, absolutely. No, and it does it well. It's it's just it can be tough too when you're trying to do something different with something that's been done so often. You have to you have you have to work against everyone's already built in knowledge of a subject. Like if you try to do, for example, you try to do like a vampire thing, you've got yeah. so many things of what people are gonna expect to have. And if you want to change you kinda, that, you're gonna have to do something a little different. Yeah. And if you want to change that, you almost have to figure out, okay, how do I how do I like tell my audience without telling them that this is going to be a very different vampire story or zombie story or ghost story? You know, this isn't going to play. Well, with I thought the you rules. said it very eloquently in our last of us episode, how you just, you have to do it, do that element. If you're going to redo it slightly differently, but not so differently that you're going to put off people who are familiar. I said that. Yeah. You said oh, that. Okay. <laughs> in, in a, in a, way, in a way, maybe not those exact like keeping words, it like but. fresh and familiar. Yeah, keep it fresh and familiar, but put put your put your stank on it, put your spin put on it, put your spin on it. But yeah, I think I think we might be okay there. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add in? Mm, I think was there anything? Oh, there is. Yeah, here's one one little thing. I don't know where, where you want to put this. Yeah, I love. I didn't talk about the sound in this. I oh love God, the, the sound. sound and once again, fantastic. I think horror. You got to have a good sound, a good score, and a good sound design going on with any horror movie. It's don't overlook how important that is. I think it was, is it Spielberg who said the quote or something that like you're quicker to, an audience is quicker to, or less likely to forgive an audio issue than a visual one. I think something yeah, along something those lines. something to that avail. Whereas like, and yeah. it's true. It's like, you think about it, like if you see a movie and like you don't have the sound, you're immediately like, oh yeah, the sound's not working or something. That's one of the first things that you'll notice is the sound is not working. But if there's something yeah, wrong with the visuals... I can forgive a cinematography mistake yeah. or for long, far before that you would sound. give. Yeah, if you, I can't, if I can't pick up the dialogue, yeah, you'll let you'll let a visual thing go, which is so strange because it's a completely visual medium. Well, not completely, but it's mostly a visual medium. But the fact that if an audio thing is missing or a mistake is done, you're it's like, oh nope, sorry. So I just wanted to point out that this has this does that well, extremely well, and does a very good job. The scene when you were talking about just now with the kids before they're devoured. Uh, oh my gosh, yeah. You never see it happen. You only hear it after she rides up yeah, the elevator. Yeah, she's standing atop the, the rock quarry. Yeah, and she all takes you, the, you the lift. You hear the massacre. Yeah, she takes on. the lift up, but you never see them get torn to shreds. You just hear it as she slowly walks away and then sees Sam looking at her from afar. But I think that that scene, the sound in that, and it's always, it, it follows that another storytelling aspect of less is more we never see it the horrific fate that befalls those kids but yeah. but we hear it and then the rest is left up to us to decide what's just in our minds to make up so that's that's one thing that this does well i think it takes you up to that point that precipice but then pulls right back at the end so you don't necessarily see everything and then the rest is kind of left up to your own imagination to fill in the gaps and that can be like we've just we've talked a little bit about Jaws in the past in other episodes. It's like leaving your audience's imagination is the most powerful weapon. Yeah. in horror is one of the best things that you can do. Yeah, especially uh, in horror, I'd say. 
Yeah, your audience's imagination is often going to be far more terrifying than anything you can come up mm-hmm. with. Yeah, no, always the the reader or the audience is co-creator. I'll say it again. But yes, definitely. I can't say enough about Trick or Treat. Make it a... Yeah, it's a good one. Very good for the season. Yeah. Make it a holiday classic. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been waiting to use that one. How long you got that one in the chamber? <sighs> Coming here for 20 years. <laughs> Flying DeLorean. I, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> I haven't seen one in 30, 30 years. years. <laughs>